What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How we doing this week, my man? Pretty good, like I uh, like I told you, and uh, you know I alluded to when you know my breakdown of uh, of Mark Striegel. I just you know I needed a deload week uh, last week. Been been super busy uh, doing a bunch of stuff, so I needed to take a little week off. Um, did it the books? Um, you know, like that because I did. I, I had a terrible week last week. I'll still go to my grave though, saying Gregory Gregory Rodriguez got robbed. Um, if they're judging MMA like that, um, it's way more sketchy. I feel like I, you know, I, I, I there's way more variance. I feel if you're gonna start judging fights like that. Um, but other than that, um, you know, the I think my read on <laughs> Terrence McKinney. Not too great. Uh, lost. Uh, lost a few units there, but uh, just eight units down. You know, more or less. Um, but Bellator was all right that week as well as PFL. P. Um, not PFL. LFA. So you know, decent. You know, I think uh, washed washed away most of that. But uh, onto the pay per view week. Big fight card. A lot of intriguing fights. A lot of ranked ranked guys uh, fighting up and down the card. So. Let's get to it. Yeah, great uh, card this week, UFC 272. That's what we're here to analyze. But pretty bad week for me as well last week. Lost uh, 3.8 units. Uh, Ozzy and I didn't talk too much about which sides we were on last week. But unfortunately, we did end up on a few of the same losing sides. Uh, I, I do agree. Rodriguez, Kim probably got robbed. Um, you know, Bobby Green didn't really show up, you know, looking to win too much. Um, and you know, just, I spent way too much time talking about that fight last week. Obviously it only lasted three or four minutes. I probably talked about it for twice as long. So that's how it goes sometimes. And, um, you know, just moving on to this week, we got a really good car, you know, good prelim fights, a lot of interesting prelim fights, and then a really good main card as well. Um, five round co-main event, non-title fight, RDA and Moicano. We're really looking forward to that one. And then, uh, you know, this little bit of a grudge match between Colby and Jorge. So it should be a really fun pay-per-view and let's get into analyzing these fights. So the first fight is in the light heavyweight division. We have Dustin Jacoby minus 200, McCall Olichachuk plus 170, and Ozzy's going to start this one off. What are you thinking about this light heavyweight matchup? I think it's a pretty interesting light heavyweight fight between two guys that obviously their uh, main strength is is their striking. Mikal, this guy's got a dynamite left hand. You know, he's just obviously he could probably make 185, but he just, you know, very energetic in there, especially in that first round, bobbing and weaving. He just finds the chin. I don't know what, you know, how, how this guy does it. Like, it's just a skill for him. Like this, you know, from that uh, lefty stance, he's coming forward, he's bobbing and weaving, and he's looking to drop that uh, left hand on you from multiple different angles. Jacoby, last fight, um, kind of turned, uh, it was a weird performance for me. Because usually you see him kind of coming forward, hunting guys down, you know, looking to land a big punch. Last fight, for some reason, he just turned into like a junkyard man. Like you just throwing a bunch of junk out there. Like that's why his strike count, if you look at the stats, is so crazy high. And he didn't finish uh, John Allen because he was just, I don't know, throwing a bunch of strikes out there that they'll score points. But they're not really fight enders at all not really doing that much damage he's like you know fainting fainting his you know front kick for like you know 30 seconds of like a entire round so i think mikhail is just way more effective with his striking jacoby has you know decent leg kicks but i mean every guy that this guy mikhail's fought has you know the, that that advantage like they, the, they'll look to chop at his legs because his uh, boxing is so strong but 
feel like Jacoby, he's an underestimate this guy. I feel he's going to stay in the pocket too long uh, with him. He, Jacoby's used to, he's not used to a guy like a power puncher like Mikal. So I think Mikal's going to find his shin over and over and over again while Jacoby throws less uh, powerful strikes uh, his way and eventually win. I don't know if it's by decision, knockout. Don't know what it is, but I like Mikal's game in this matchup against a guy like Jacoby, and I like him uh, to win my knockout. Interesting. So um, I'm going to disagree on the first fight on with this one. Uh, I'll pick Jacoby here, and I just think that he's going to be a little bit too effective with his distance management. This big cage should help him a lot with this pay-per-view. I think if, it's, if I was in the Apex, it would probably favor McCall a lot better. Um, but I just see this being similar to the Bukakis fight against uh, McCall. That was a really close fight. All three rounds are close. Uh, McCall pulled away at the end a little bit in round three, and I, I definitely think that McCall is the bigger hitter. Uh, if he's winning this fight, it's going to be by knockout so i probably recommend the uh the mccall no scorecards prop as well i'm sure you're going to be on that as well ozzy because jacoby just hates finishing i mean even if you watch his fight against like cody east ty flores some low-level fighters he just cruises to a decision there and like ozzy was saying did the same thing against allen just kind of took his foot off the gas and mccall is undefeated see, um, in decisions never lost that's true. I, I did see you see that say that, but you know the Bukakis decision, you know, pretty sketchy. He could have lost the first two rounds there, but also round one was like a complete toss up. So I won't spend too much time, you know, debating that. But uh, I'll be with uh, Jacoby by decision on. here. I just think his uh, his distance management, uh, orthodox striking, you know, his jab is like. He's not beating um, like the likes of Darren the Dennis Stewart. Yeah, hey bro, he technically beat our boy Max Christian. You know, however, however that happened. So, the judges like Jacoby for some reason. Um, so, McCall no scorecards. I'd say is the, probably the best bet there. Um, next fight that's going to be in the lightweight division, short notice fight. Devonte Smith taking on Ludovic Klein. We got Smith minus one sixty, Klein plus one forty. I'd say this is probably the fight I have like the least confident lean on the entire card, just because Klein's coming in on short notice, you know, very short notice. I think like less than a week. Um, he's moving up to lightweight here, and I just don't know really what to make of this fight. It's a striker versus striker. We could see Klein maybe hit some takedowns. He hit some takedowns on uh, Trezano briefly. Uh, maybe he could do that here versus Smith. Um, but I could see either of these guys knocking each other out early. Both have power. Klein with those head kicks. Um, you know, that Southpaw fast boxing or that fast dynamic kickboxing style. I'd see, I could see being effective here at 155. And I just think Devontae Smith is not that good. He has never uh, been to the decision. He's been in round four one time and he did win, but he's never been to a decision. Very untested late in fights. Malarkey melted him uh, in the second round there. And, uh, you know, I could just kind of lean towards the dog here at, Klein, at with Klein uh, as the value side. But, you know, hard, hard fight to be confident in with a short notice. What are you thinking here? I mean, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, fight that just came uh, got put together. Um, you know, Klein is a guy with the you know southpaw stuff uh, coming back. That not the best guy to fight on short notice because it's very easy to mess up. You know, one of those kind of just blocks. You know, from that side, and this guy just you know KOs you or, or severely hurts you with like a body kick or something like that. But um with the line coming back in like his way you know people people definitely betting him and this being under plus 150 not a fight that i'm going to be involved with just like you said i think um the the hands and the boxing of smith 
I think is for sure going to give uh, Klein issues. And then coming back the other way, um, um, you know, I think it's going to be difficult for Klein to to get his offense going right away. So, and and he's not that uh, proven of a like a long term, you know, a late in the fight fighter. I don't know what the reach advantage is here either, but I feel like just the jab and the speed of Devante could keep him safe enough with just uh, activity from getting hit with big strikes uh, early on. And then, you know, this guy just has to level up and, and uh, be able to fight later into a later into a fight. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd pick uh, Smith. I'm not interested in betting Klein. So I was, I'm, I'd actually be more uh, inclined to bet on Smith if the line, you know, came in under, you know, under minus 150. Interesting. You, know, so you said really inclined. Narrow. Inclined. Is that a little bit of a pun on purpose there? Um, no. Also, Devontae Smith did get knocked out by Kama Worthy, so I don't know about betting that guy as a favorite, so always keep that in mind. Um, next fight, flyweight division. Uh, we got Tagir Ulan-Bekov taking on Tim Elliott. Uh, Tagir minus 211, Tim Elliott plus 181. This line has come in a bit the past few days. What are you thinking about the, uh, I believe, the only flyweight fight on the card? Yeah, man, you know, so Tim Elliott, it's just such a hard guy to handicap, I feel, just... I don't know, you know, he you don't know where he's going to take the fight uh typically like here against Tagir, like I mean, Tagir's probably the worst out of all these guys uh from what I've seen. He's 30 years old. So, you know, he struggled in all these fights that he's had. Like that Nascimento fight, that was a struggle. I, I saw that. I was watching that one live. And then the Bruno Silva one also was kind of weird. And now he's got a guy in Tamelliot who is probably like just overall larger then both of those guys, right? He's just bigger, um, you know, American wrestling uh, background. So I could see how this w- would be, will be a more um, competitive fight and people wanted to bet on Tamelia. But Tamelia, this dude just does not win fights, man. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, he needs, like, a grudge. Like, he needs to turn on that shit that he had with the J- with Jordan Espinosa dude. So hopefully, the fact that Tagir is Russian, dude, it it, 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 it freaking drives him up, you know, uh, gets his blood boiling, uh, you know, given their invasion of uh, Ukraine. I don't know if you heard about that, John. You know, I know the listeners don't know, but you are part Ukrainian, so... That's uh, true. I, I want to make sure it's out there in case in case info. you need a in in case you need to stand next to Usyk. If Usyk summons you, you you must you must show up. So anyway, um, so I think I just think that Tamelia is liable to uh, get get his neck caught up in something. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see is is he going to launch an all out wrestling attack or is he going to mix up with the striking? No one's really held this guy to gear down. But, and, you know, Tim Elliott is not the one to do that either. I just think that Tagir is probably going to have a hard time holding Tim Elliott. So he could be, you know, maybe uh, put into uh, a prolonged striking battle. So outside with Tim Elliott, if I was going to bet this, I would not bet on Tagir, no way, no how. But uh, but it's Tim Elliott by decision it w- would be where I would uh, bet, be most confident. Yeah, I'm on Elliot here as well. I already got a, a bet on him plus two twenty five, and um, you know, I only went uh point seven five units. I can't go like too heavy on the guy, considering I mean he had that fight against uh Nicolau, you know, 
I mean, he didn't necessarily have it. It was 1-1 going into round three, and he just laid on bottom for a really long time in round three. I don't know what the hell that guy was doing in that fight. And that just shows, like, extremely questionable IQ. You know, I don't know what's going on with the guy. Um, and like Ozzy said, I mean, the dude isn't the greatest at, at, you know, winning fights. I mean, he's constantly in close fights. He is never really blown out of the water, but he's also just not good at really putting those closing touches on a fight as well. So uh, Tagir on the other side, just really underwhelmed by this guy. Um, mostly like a lay and pray artist. I'm, I'm fine labeling that guy as that. I mean, he gets his leg lit up with uh, leg kicks, doesn't check him at all. Um, not really that great of a striker. He, he can wrestle all right. I mean, he is a decent grappler, but he just doesn't do enough on top for me. He lays in full guard and uh, Alan Nascimento was able to land some strikes off his back over some submissions. And that fight was like a split decision win for Tagir and Tagir had had like a lot, a lot of top time in that fight. And the judges still found a way to score some of those rounds for Nascimento off his back. So that just goes to how to show uh, that how little Ulenbeckal does on top. So I think the wrestling, the grappling will be close here. Elliot's got a good chance to end up on top. I think Elliot can land a lot of strikes, be aggressive on the feet. And I think he'll, he'll fight for your money. Uh, even at this plus 180 price, I think we're going to be headed to a close decision uh, regardless of the winner here. So can't be too wrong on Tim Elliott, especially at those plus 200 prices if you're able to get them. And uh, that's going to take us to the next fight in the Bantamweight division. We got the undefeated prospect Umar Nurmagomedov taking on Brian Kelleher. Umar minus 650, Kelleher plus 475. Uh, I'm really high on Umar. Um, you know, really dynamic kicking game, great offensive wrestler, grappler. He's got that Dagestani-style grappling, but also has some really nice kicking to go along with it. So I'm excited for this guy's future, and I think he's, you know, probably going to run through Kelleher. I don't see Kelleher having much of a chance outside of a knockout here. Um, you know, Umar looked, you know, great against Morozov, uh, was able to hurt Morozov on the feet, finish it on the ground. It just looks like a great wrestler. He he transitions to the back takes so quickly after he gets those takedowns. And I think he's probably just going to out-wrestle uh, Brian Keller here. It just is a matter of uh, whether he's going to finish or not. So that's the question I'll pose to you, Ozzy. What are you leaning with here, Umar by decision or Umar inside the distance? Yeah, I think this is going to be a bad fight for my boy Brian Kelleher. Um, one of my favorite, favorite fighters, uh, you know, to, to come out, um, you know, like active kind of guys, like just like, you know, the dudes that just take fights and not really going to get a title shot, but, uh, but yeah, definitely Northeast legend, but, uh, but here, you know, at 145 against this dude, um, Umar, 35. no, 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 this is at 145. Um, so I don't know who asked for it, but it's definitely at 145. Uh, so Umar, I'll I mean, this guy. I'm just guarantee you, trust me. Uh, this guy's grappling is just way too strong. I feel, you know, Brian Kelleher, uh, his top, his top, uh, you know, his, his offensive wrestling and his top, uh, grappling is okay. But if you start putting pressure on this guy with, uh, with grappling, you know, you could definitely submit him. Um, you know, and Omar being just so much stronger than him, I think here at this weight, I, I feel it's like a credit to Kelleher that I'm saying he's going to get finished because on the feet, I don't think Umar really is going to want to be there with, with uh, Brian. You know, I'm not saying that Brian's like a super technical striker, but he remains dangerous. So what I think is going to happen is Umar, he's going to feel him out on the feet a little bit, not really think that, hey, you know, this will be an easy fight on the feet. And he's going to be super aggressive uh, trying to take uh, Brian down. And uh, instead of throwing ground and pound, I think he's going to be looking to uh, progress position to submissions. So, yeah, I, 
I'm gonna try and take some of those like uh under or uh Umar by uh by like you know submission round one, round two, some something like that. Um just to boost up that price point. But yeah, I think he uh gets a submission here over uh Kelleher. Yeah, I agree with that. He doesn't really throw much ground and pound at all, so I'm leaning with submission. And you are right. It is featherweight. Tapology has it 135, but the UFC website has it 45. That's interesting. Um, I don't know who requested that as well, but uh, enough said about that one. Next one takes us to the fighting pride of Ukraine representing the country oh this weekend. God. Women's flyweight fight. We got uh, Maria Agapova minus, uh, let's see what she's at now. Minus 178. Uh, Marina Morose plus 153. Uh, you could start this one off. What are you thinking about the This uh, is the real grudge match. Women's fight the this is the real grudge match. This is the real one. Um, so, I mean, people don't notice it. Two ATT <laughs> grudge matches on the same card. Kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Agapova Duffy sold this fight after she knocked out, uh, you know, was her name Mazo? She was just going through all the M's. Uh, after she knocked out Mazo, Duffy sold this fight um, because of Morosa saying, telling people she was like on crack or some shit. So <laughs> very funny. Um, Agapova's <laughs> insane. I mean, this girl is crazy. So, you know, she looked really good in her last fight. Like, you know, her speed, like she was crazy fast in that in that fight. Um, but I also think like, you know, you also have to remember it, she fought Mazo, and Mazo is one of the worst athletes, even on the women's side. Because she's just like taller and stuff, it kind of like hides like how how bad of an athlete she is. So always have to take that into account. Morose, on the other hand, she's kind of you know she she's a pretty strong girl. You know she's has some tough fights in UFC. Um, so I could see why you want to back her as an underdog and just you know go against uh, women's MMA chalk, which is always a good idea. Um, I I kind of see it here, especially if this fight is going to go later on. Even though um, Agapova did look all right, in, like her cardio did, but I'm just gonna fade this chick, man. She's fucking crazy, and there's no way that um, she should be this big of a favorite over a veteran like Morose. So I'll just take Marina Morose. I think that like she's not gonna be able to hit her as hard as she was hitting Mazo, and uh, Morose has great cardio. So if anything, round three is one one. I got plus one fifty, and the girl with better cardio. I like that. Uh, I like those odds. Yeah, I'm liking Morose here as well. Um, I locked a bet on her plus 180 a few days ago. She was one of the dogs I was viewing, uh, you know, right when the the new card came up. Um, and, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the speed, the striking of Agapova. Uh, she does have some real fast hands. She knows how to strike moving backwards. Uh, and her punches, you know, look like they have some solid technique or kicks as well. But, you know, she does have some problems. Um with the, you know, clinching with grappling, I'd say that that's going to be the game plan here from Mraz. Get the fight in the clinch, look to hit some takedowns, look to catch some kicks. And I think Mraz, you know, she's a smart woman. She knows how to get the fight into her range. She did that versus Bueno Silva. Kind of a similar analog to this matchup where uh, Silva's dangerous on the feet. She's um, was landed a lot of strikes on uh, Mraz, but Mraz ate them like with no problem. I mean, she got uh, lit up in round three, got cut real bad, still was able to to win the fight, stay in that fight, um, and was getting hit a lot in round two. But right when she's getting hit a lot, she she finds her way into the clinch. She gets that takedown, and she caught a head kick and got a takedown in round one, two. And I noticed that she's really good on top. She throws a lot of elbows. She knows how to you know get 
heavy on top and half guard and just rain down elbows. So I think she's going to make the most of her top position. And she's also hasn't fought for two years, but she's had four fights canceled over that time. So she's she's been training this entire time. She's been training at ATT. Uh, you know, I tweeted out the picture of her and uh, Joanna getting some rounds in together. Um, and, uh, you know, I think she's going to be showing some improvements here. Um, you got some audio coming through, uh, Ozzy. Um, but so, you know, the line has come in a little bit, so I do feel pretty good about the, the Mirage bet, but I, I, I do see this being, you know, a 29, 28 on either side. I, I do think this one's going the distance. I think the, the goes the distance line minus 135 is a, is a pretty pl playable line. I mean, women's MMA at, you know, minus 135 goes the distance. I think they're probably overrating uh, Agapova as a finisher here. And uh, Mirage is very comfortable in the role as an underdog, cash as a dog in both of her most recent fights. So I think that she'll do that once again here, get the fight in the clinch the grappling and uh you know win a decision here so i'll be riding with the power of ukraine as well although denise bondar a few weeks back not a good start for the country of ukraine well, he but, got uh, fucking wrecked he got yeah. fucking wrecked <laughs> but he that was by uh malcolm gordon though so you know he has an exception Holy so shit. next next and we got light heavyweight division um some long names here kennedy and zechiku taking on nick nergamanu um we got kennedy minus 136 nick plus 116 man I'll, I'll try to keep this one short um i mean I, I just don't think you could be laying chalk on kennedy in any kind i mean this guy is is just a bad fighter um you know just not a great athlete uh not a great chin doesn't make the best in-fight decisions not really a proven defensive grappler i think uh nick just comes forward he's got a block head he's 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 really durable um i think he's just gonna come forward and put up volume throw some pressure boxing behind him uh like he did in the, the alexa camera fight his cardio looked good he went for the full three rounds in that fight and uh you know he might even mix in a takedown or two too so i like the pressure the durability um, you know, just the output of uh, Nerogamano. But I I could see this one being maybe a better live bet too. Kennedy's speed might be a bit too much for him early. But I think as the fight goes, we're going to see Nerogamano wear on him and probably win a decision here. Um, what is, what's the goes, goes the distance plus 188. That's that's wide. What do you think? Yeah, man, I don't uh, I don't really know. I feel like if, I don't got too much in this fight, I'll be honest. But this, this Nick, dude, I don't know. I, I feel like if he, he's not going to be able to wrestle Kennedy, which you saw our boy Danilo Maya tried his mightiest, and even when you get these good positions on him, like you're not really able to drag him down or, or you know, very easily. Even though he looks harmless sometimes, that junk fight, you know, was a terrible performance by him. But now you're getting him at, I mean, wasn't this the same price that he was against Jung? Wasn't it like, oh no, maybe Jung was. No, Jung was, Jung was minus 130. All yeah. right. Either way, I don't like this Nick guy. I like I don't know what it is about him, but like the fights that he ha has had, like you don't know what like what is he? He's gonna come out here and wrestle the he, Kennedy? Is that what he is that how he's gonna win? Because he's not winning like a kickboxing fight. I don't really think he's gonna win a kickboxing fight against Kennedy. So I'll let this line keep coming in, and if it does does keep coming in, I think it comes into a range where you know a little bit of juice on um. On Kennedy, Ken, I I uh, argue with you saying Kennedy's not a good uh a good athlete. I heard he runs like eighteen miles like every day or some shit like that. Can you do that? Uh, Can on a good day, that? yeah, yeah. But well, yeah. I'll tell you a lot of UFC like heavyweights can do that, and Nick Nergaman Gradu definitely can't fucking do it. So give me Kennedy, uh, this blockhead 
blockhead dude to just come forward, you know, and put some maybe put some elbows on Nick, you know, get some payback from, you know, that last one that he ate that uh put him to sleep. So I think he's learning. So he's like, yeah, he's like a saying. Every time you kill him or hurt him, he's gonna just come back a little bit stronger, learn a new technique, that technique that killed him. So Kennedy by elbow. That's probably like 70 to one. Well, well, if you know my philosophy on Fortis MMA, you do you should be betting. Where does these guys Nick also train? Lost. Where does Nick train? I don't know. You wait, don't wait, wait, let know. me finish it. But that but I'm saying this is a supporting argument for Nzechiku. Okay. Uh Fortis MMA fighter is much better coming off of a loss than they are coming off of a win. That's like a statistically proven thesis that I've been uh, working on for the past, you know, right. few months, right, years. I'm in. Um all right, so that's going to take us to the the next and last women's fight on the card, uh, women's strawweight division, probably a number one contender type of fight here after Carla and Rose goes down. We got Marina Rodriguez, minus 250, Yan Shannon, plus 210 on the comeback. Brazil versus China here. What are you thinking about this one? Um, I mean, you know, Yan got completely destroyed in her last fight, was not competitive, looked like a child. Um, it looked like Carla was wrestling a, a girl in high school. So, I mean, Marina's my girl, and I'm so upset that I, you know, bet on Mackenzie Dern last fight, but this girl's my girl, um, and she's a savage in there. Um, I think she's the justified favorite, but there's not much margin here, uh, you know, on top of that. So, I mean, I can see this being a prolonged kickboxing fight where Marina does just start smashing this chick, you know, and hurting her with big punches. But, I mean, Jan, you know, she's a decent athlete herself. She be, she throws out some kicks out there. I'm going to play Marina in some way, one, like either by decision or um, just like by knockout, just for fun. But I'm going to take one of the two. And I don't know which one, but I'm going to take one of the two props because I'm not laying 250. Uh, but I think she's in the – like I think Jan – the thing is with Jan is she's going to have to um, – at, at distance, I don't think she's good enough. She's going to have to come in close, and this girl is just too nasty with the tie knees and the elbows and stuff and too active. And then if she, when she, if she does get taken down, she's just looking to get up. And Jan, her jujitsu sucks, so there's no problem with that. So I, I, I'll take Marina. I just think she's going to, you know, chop at these this girl's legs, start landing that jab, you know, coming back with the hook, and then just unloading on her. So I could see the finish, though. So I think I'm going to be on Marina Kale. Marina, no scorecards, minus 260 is, is steep, but probably value still. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see Shannon winning the fight. I think she has tools to make it close. Um, you know, on the feet, you got to give Marina a pretty good advantage. Uh, the clinch striking, big advantage to Marina. But then uh, Yan does have some okay trips, some throws, some takedowns that she can hit from in close. Um, but she doesn't really do much on top, not really much of a, you know, top position grappler. So even if she gets these takedowns, I don't think she's going to be doing a whole lot with them. And on the feet, you know, Yan's boxing could make it close, but Marina is just much more diverse striker, better clinch striker. Um, and I think that she's probably just going to win a decision here. It'll be, you know, 29-28. It won't be super decisive, but I think uh, I would be pretty shocked to see Yan win. Um, I was kind of thinking Yan would be value, you know, early in the week, but you know, not really seen it too much here. You know, these Chinese fighters not really doing too well lately. Um, you know, the past few years have just been rough for, for Chinese fighters in the UFC. So, um, 
you know, goes the distance though. Minus two twenty five, Marina decision plus one hundred. I think that Yan's tough enough to stay in there and to make it to a decision. Um, so yeah, you're probably onto something with that Marina decision. Uh, I don't see a knockout happening. Um, but you know, Marina should definitely be in line for a title shot after uh, whoever wins Rose and 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 Carla, aka the Cookie Monster. Uh, let's get that rematch in with uh, Marina and uh, Esparza. Um, so that's going to take us to the last fight on the prelims, uh, lightweight division. We have uh, Jalen Turner as the favorite over Jamie Malarkey. Turner minus 154, Malarkey plus 134. Um, so both these guys cash as dogs in their last fights. Um, you know, you know, very uh, grateful to both of them. Both fun fighters as well. They should match up pretty well here in this uh, last fight in the prelims. Um, but I... I I'm kind of leaning towards Malarkey at, the, at these prices. Um, you know, Malarkey's just a tough guy and extremely durable. Uh, and he knows how to pressure. He knows how to mix in his striking with his his wrestling. Uh, he has wrestled uh, in like three out of four of his UFC fights. The only fight he didn't was against Kama Worthy, where he just knocked him out in less than a minute. So Malarkey is a pretty dedicated wrestler. He knows how to, you know, pressure. He's got good cardio. You saw him have a bit of a rough round one versus Devontae Smith, but then round two just kept up that pressure, started wearing him down, hurt him, and then just, you know, swarmed him like an animal to finish that fight. And Turner kind of did the same thing, showed a well-rounded game against Medich, but I think Malarkey has just been in there against tougher competition uh, than Turner has. Um, Turner's past few wins, all really one-way traffic, you know, very little resistance put up by any of those guys. And I think Malarkey is going to be his first, you know, real test in the past few years. And I can see Turner starting fast, having a good round one, winning the round, but Malarkey pressure wrestling, adding up in rounds two and three, and uh, maybe stealing this, this decision late. But really competitive fun fight the pre-fight line I, i'd say is about accurate um malarkey's probably going to be a better live bet here so uh you thinking along the same lines here ozzy what's your read here i love this fight i think this is um i would probably put this uh like one of my top top two or three fights you know that i'm looking forward to watching both these guys are actually very young as well um what's his name uh Turner is only like 26. And I think Malarkey's, you know, still not 30 as well. So, but, you know, overall, I feel Malarkey doesn't get any respect, you know, at all from the bookies, from betters, you know, no one at all. Uh, I know, you know, people definitely like Turner in his last fight. But um, I think people are like looking at Jamie Malarkey as, as if he was like a similar fighter to Medich when he's, I, I think, one, much more skilled. Two, just a lot smarter. Jamie Malarkey, he didn't, he didn't make it to UFC because he was the most talented, the fastest, the quickest, like the most technical. None of that is just how he can mix uh, stuff up together, how he could keep a certain pace, and how he could be competent uh, in, in, in many uh, aspects of the fight. So I think that, you know, how this fight goes is it'll be, you know, Malarkey being a little bit tentative on the outside, just trying to stay away from some of these straight shots that uh, Turner is, uh, you know, launching in. But as the fight goes on, I think he's going to be able to time time up, uh, you know, coming in a little bit. And, you know, we're going to see some, you know, grappling here in this fight. Whether it be the clinch, you know, some some takedowns from from Malarkey, even Turner, maybe uh, you know, grappling as well. But I just think it's gonna be a competitive fight. I think I'm gonna stay out of it uh, in terms of the money line. I would lean though towards Jamie Malarkey. I just think that he's serially underrated, and uh, just some of the tools that he brings and the fight that he's gonna uh, bring, uh, it just gives trouble to guys like Jalen Turner. 
Uh, but I like this over, and I like just any iterations of this fight going deep. So I'm going to try to get this over, um, you know, starts round two, starts round three, you know, all those things. Um, because I don't think that we're going to see a finish here. I think both these guys are tough. I would actually think like a Turner just like snatching a neck off of like a club and sub or like a transition or, you know, Malarkey shooting in is like the most likely way it finishes. But, uh, but yeah, I like the over one and a half, two and a half in this fight. Yeah, kind of a weird, weird line for it to be one and a half, don't you think? Um, yeah, it goes the distance plus one seventy eight too. So yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, probably gonna see a later fight here. Um, Malarkey sub plus eleven hundred too. Not not a bad line. Um, but that's gonna take us to the main card here. Five fight main card. Um, the weakest fight is the first fight, and we're gonna start right there. Heavyweight division. We got uh, Sergey Spivak minus one ninety. Greg Hardy plus 165. Um, so you could start this one off, but you should consider that Sergey does have some Ukrainian roots, spent a lot of time in Ukraine, you fought sure? in Ukraine a bunch. I don't Did think he's he really? got like heritage, but he has fought in Ukraine. Who are the Moldovans with? Are the Moldovans NATO? I don't feel they're NATO. So I, I don't wonder, know. I, are they I in wonder. the USSR? I don't, I don't Dude, know. Dude, you're the Ukrainian. <laughs> That's true. But That's true. But you know, we got to see who who has their people in. Do we have our people in, or does Putin have his people? Has has his people in? So I'm not too I'll, sure. I'll, I'll I don't want to get that. too political. You know, I I want to remain neutral. You know, if if uh if push comes to shove. So anyway, so Sergey Spivak versus the Moldova, the fake Moldovan monster. Um, I mean, at this price, I mean, people are betting Greg Hardy. I'm gonna be quick with this. People are betting Greg Hardy now. And like I told you guys, when this guy was fighting Tom Aspinall, this dude, Sergey Spivak's terrible. He does not have good striking. He does not have good conditioning. He does not have good striking. Like, this guy's bad. Did I already say that? Or good wrestling? He, he, he can't really take you down quickly. He needs to, like, hang on you and do all this stuff. And I think against a guy like Greg Hardy, that's not good. That's not a good skill set to bring. Because you want, like, yeah, you want to be grindy, sure. But... You're just grinding and like hugging a guy against the fence, like that shit is not gonna work. It's not gonna win you the fight. You need actually need to be close to taking him down. And Sergey Spivak, he just folds the tent, dude, when you hit him hard. So Greg Hardy could do one th good thing. He could hit the guys hit guys hard. Um if you remember, uh Martin Marcin Tybora won basically using what Spivak has to do, but he was a much shorter favorite uh in that fight. It was like pick him. So I think Greg Hardy's just dropping nuke on this guy at, at some point. I don't know if it's like right away or maybe Greg Hardy has learned and it, the fight goes later. So unfortunately, I got to pick Greg Hardy. Just Spivak is he's bad, man. This guy, he tricks a lot of people into thinking that he's a good fighter. He's not. He's bad. So give me Greg Hardy at plus 170. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far to say uh, Spivak is good, but I think, you know, just the fact that if he gets on top one time here, I think the fight should be over um, is enough for me to side with him here. I just think that he he's, you know, somewhat intelligent enough to get this fight to the floor. Um, you know, well, he was the last guy to beat uh, Tai Suivasa, right? Um, you know, just made, you know, real easy work of Ty, taking him down over and over. Um, you know, Vandera took him down. Philippe took him down. So, you know, three out of four of his UFC wins, he has taken the guys down. And so I think that he knows what his, what is working for him. He knows that Hardy melts on bottom. Um, and, you know, I don't think the guy is is that flaky in terms of his durability. Um, 
you know, he did get finished by uh, Aspinall by Harris, but you know, those guys I think are a different tier of of hitter than Greg Hardy. I mean, Hardy went to decision with Sassoli and um, Jorgen DeCastro. I mean, he he's kind of adapted a more like um, you know tentative and, and round winning style. Uh, you know, he kind of tried to swing and bang versus Tai Chi and, and got clapped there pretty quickly. So um, I, I'll take Spivak here. I really do think one takedown is all it should take for him to finish Hardy with some sort of ground and pound or sub on the mat. So I'll take. Yeah, uh, you're right. I just hate. I just hate Spivak. Like I cannot trust this. Yeah, we well, got You got to hate. You got to hate Greg Hardy too. You know. No, I hate him too. But um, Spivak is just like such a pretender. That's true. Yeah, and Spivak's unfortunately his his sub and TKO prices are exactly the same, so there's not really much value there. I don't think. I think I think Spiv or uh, Hardy will give up a neck. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, tough fight. I feel to like that I'm under really is okay. There. Like that under that if that fight finishes, it's gonna finish early. Like, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine that one going to the decision. I mean, I minus like, two twenty yeah. could be short on on inside the distance there um but you know it's just so sad that we have to watch greg hardy on pay-per-view main cards too i mean like what what is this whole experiment um so that's enough of that one next fight this is you know just an incredible fucking matchup i mean how could you not be excited about this fight we got kevin holland making his uh welterweight debut as the minus 330 favorite you heard that right 330 favorite over cowboy Oliveira plus 270 um we haven't talked about this fight yet ozzy but i have a feeling that you're going to be interested in your boy cowboy as an underdog as you typically are is it your turn to start this one off or what i don't know i don't know i'm not sure but I mean, Cowboy. I mean, the only reason that I'm interested in in in, in Cowboy, uh, Cowboy Cowboy, is because it's Greg Holland's uh, first fight down at 170. And I mean, this guy was weak at 185 with like you know fully hydrated and all that stuff. Now he's cutting weight, and uh, and he's fighting Cowboy Oliveira. Who, I mean. This is an interesting fight because I think usually Cowboy wants to uh, finish fights early. But in this fight, I think he needs to, you know, fight, you know, get the fight going later. Because Kevin Holland, he's still going to have those attributes that he had at uh, 185, right? This guy's got huge hands, right? Big reach, um, you know, is dynamic. You know, if he, if he, even if he's on bottom, he's trying to hurt you. So, you know, I think if I, I had, uh, you know, Oliveira here, Oliveira by decision is what I'd be looking at. Um, it's like plus five hundred. That's an okay pay, uh, price. Um, I wouldn't be looking to play Holland, but I'm I I I'm, I can't blame people who were like part would like parlay Holland and say, hey, like you know, Cowboy Oliveira, you know, he's he's competitive in these fights, you know, very often, but you know, at this point in his career, he can't really put guys away, and you know, the guys that he has beat were. You know, they were like average fighters, which Kevin Holland at 170, he could be a, he could be kind of be a problem for some guys. And he just like a very similar fighter also to Cowboy Oliveira. So, you know, I think I, obviously I said that value. I think, you know, that decision price, I think is OK, because if it does co- become a sloppy fight, uh, Cowboy probably can survive. And and he's like taking him down and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I, I'd still pick Kevin Holland to uh, to get the win. Yeah, I mean, I'll pick Kevin to get the win for sure. You know, you know, gun to my head pick, obviously, but minus three thirty is crazy. I mean, I think this guy is just uh, historically overrated by the market. Um, you know, I think his past five, you know, fights, 
Um, just very dysfunctional. I mean, five or six fights. Yeah. The, the last time I thought he actually looked good was the Joaquin Buckley fight. But I mean, Darren Stewart got stuck on round th- on bottom in round three for a long period of time. Uh, arguably lost that fight in like rounds one and three, I think. You know, he beat that bum, uh, Auntie Veros, that weird uh, knockout with or, with uh, Jacare, and then, you know, got taken down and smushed on bottom by Brunson and Vittori. Um, the headbutt versus Dacus can't really take much from that. I just feel like people overrate this guy as a really good fighter. I mean, he's not a very, you know, like I said, functional fighter. He doesn't fight very consistently. He doesn't really have a, a, a path that he goes to often. Sometimes he strikes, sometimes he grapples. Um, but I really think that in this fight, whoever gets a takedown here is probably going to end up on top for a long period of time. Both guys are very known for getting stuck on their back for long periods. Um, Cowboys cardio, I would definitely say, is a huge concern. The guy only seems to have about 10 minutes of cardio in him. Was 1-1, headed into round three versus Nico Price, and just kind of gave that fight away, getting taken down there and put on bottom. Um, but, you know, it's just hard to hard to lay this chalk on Holland, minus 330 at his uh, welterweight debut. You don't know how his chin, his cardio is going to look at 170. You don't know how his strength is going to look. Um, so Cowboy plus 270 is definitely the, the side here, but it's hard to put much confidence in this guy at all to win fights. So if you're betting on Cowboy, keep it small. And uh, have you seen this sub line for, for Holland, uh, Ozzy? Plus 850 on Holland sub. Uh, that's, yeah, interesting, interesting. That's worth some cheddar, you know? I mean, I, I think that that's... I mean, knockout is plus 120, but sub is 850. What the hell? Um, I, I mean, even know. when even when o, even when Oliveira gets hurt, he tends to get clubbed and sub. You know, um, uh, that happened twice recently. Randy Brown and uh, Shafkat. Bro, Kevin's ha- Kevin's arms, it, Kevin's arms are so long. Yeah, he could wrap up a rear naked choke from man. Dar- Darcy, or Dars. Yeah. Yes. Um. Randy Brown versus Kevin Holland. That could be fun in the future. Um, but uh, enough about that one. Really fun one. Um, another great matchup coming up next. Featherweight division. Yeah, it's it's not Black History Month anymore. We're, or we we can do this. Um. Anyways, um, Bryce Mitchell <laughs> taking on Edson Barboza. <laughs> uh, you should you should have laughed there or something to make it less awkward. Jeez. Um. But. Bryce Mitchell minus 163, Edson Barbosa plus 143. Uh, so, you know, obviously the, the epitome of a striker versus grappler matchup here, much more experienced guy in Barbosa. And I feel like you always got to be pretty interested in Barbosa as an underdog. You know, I mean, he, the guy has performed well as an underdog throughout his career, but he's also facing a very dedicated wrestler, heavy top pressure guy, which has not gone well for him over the years. Um, Obviously, the two comparisons that you can make, not really completely fair to make, uh, but Kevin Lee and uh, Khabib both did have a lot of success taking him down, keeping him on bottom. And I just feel Barbosa's get-ups on bottom are, are just bad. I mean, once the guy gets taken down, he tends to accept bottom. And I think if we see a Mitchell takedown here, he's going to stay on top until the end of the round or until he finishes. I don't see Barbosa being able to escape that bottom position. Um, so it seems like a matter of can Barbosa knock Mitchell out on the feet before getting taken down because uh, I think one takedown and uh, Mitchell will be so heavy on top for so long that Barbosa's energy could be kind of zapped after that. Maybe he had some miracle flying knee like he did against uh, Darush back in the day. 
But a tough match for Barbosa here. Um, Makwan Amirkani was able to get him down a few times. Dan Nige got him down recently at featherweight. So I think we're going to see Mitchell, uh, you know, do that typical approach he does, swing those big overhands and then duck right into a takedown, get his takedown and get that really good top game going. Um, you know, I like watching Mitchell on top. I mean, the guy transitions well from mount and he attacks subs, you know, really fun to watch. So I'm leaning Mitchell to get the job done. <laughs> Don't yeah, about uh, sub or decision. Yeah, so I mean, looking at this fight, uh, interesting matchmaking. I didn't really see this fight coming. You know, striker as potent as uh, Edson against uh, someone who, you know, Bryce. I, I think there there was a few times where uh, Feely got back up, where I was kind of nervous for Bryce. Uh, you know, being on the feet there, but then he immediately took this guy down once again. I think the bigger issue here is that. You know, the agility of Edson Barboza moving around, it's kind of hard to, you know, career, like, you know, corner this guy, you know, even on these wrestling uh, attempts where you're trying to chase him down. So I could definitely see Bryce having a very hard time and then Barboza just, you know, starting to pick at him at distance. And I mean, if Barboza hurts this guy at all, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be really hard for Bryce to claw this fight back because Barbosa is just going to go on all-out kill mode. Uh, Bryce is probably start flinching a little bit, and I don't really think that he's going to probably be able to come back from that. So because of that, I think I'm going to stay off the Bryce money line. Not the best odds range at, uh, either for me. Um, And what's the uh, – what are the props here? What's the over – or the under here. I think, you know, if Bryce does... Two and a half, minus one five. If Bryce does get him down, though, I think he's going to twist him up. No pun intended. You know, I'm not calling the submission, but, you know, I think that he's going to quickly pass his... Like, if he's able to have Edson Barboza flat on the mat, I think it's it, it, it's a it's a short night for, uh, for Edson. So, um, I mean, under... I, I'd probably look under or nothing just because I feel like... You know, they're just going to scrap like two freaking dogs for the last piece of food. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think maybe the under, but, but yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to avoid this fight. And, uh, you know, Barboza keeps cashing though as the underdog. So tight, tight lines here. So yeah, I'll pass on the fight. Yeah, I don't really see too much inspiring either in the, the odds here. Um, but fun matchup for sure. Um, and then that moves us to the co-main event. We got a 160-pound catchweight fight, short notice, co-main event, five rounds. Was supposed to be RDA versus Fizia. Fizia got injured, and our boy Hanato Moicano jumped in. Um, he said he wants fights. He says he wants to get paid, and he jumps in on short notice. So he was probably probably looking forward to this short notice fight for the past few weeks, and he gets his five round this, spotlight. This this is a fight that I like a lot. So I like this fight here. Um, and so Moicano. Let me just say RDA RDA yeah. minus one sixty Moicano plus one forty. So what are you thinking about this? Yes, yeah, so I like this fight. <clears throat> you know, put together here. Um. You know, Moicano, as long as his weight cut, you know, and all this stuff is okay, I think it's a pretty good matchup for him against uh, Dos Anjos. I mean, on the feet, you know, obviously uh, Moicano's biggest issue is getting hit clean, you know, getting, you know, hurt, getting knocked out, blah, blah, blah. But RDA, his power, I don't know if it's still there, you know, all that much. You know, and that, 
Felder fight, he looked good. You know, he landed, you know, he landed good shots and all those things, but he didn't really want to be at range of Paul Felder. He wanted to, you know, continue to 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 grapple there. Um, I think that Moicano, hand speed wise, I actually think might have a little bit of an edge here on RDA. And I just feel, you know, if these two guys are kickboxing against each other, I kind of like Moicano's chances a little bit more than I would say like the market and, you know, most people do just because some of the combinations that he throws out there, like, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're going to hit him on the chin, you know, you, you, you better hit him, you know, clean and hard. Um, cause he's coming after you, uh, and, and RDA, he could get backed up a little bit, you know, at 155, he's still, I'm not going to say he's unproven, but he just, I, I think some of the power is is sapped up, uh, sapped because of. I mean, this is a brutal weight cut for him. It's a tough weight cut. You see how you know hard he's working on the bike and these UFC embedded and all that. But uh, but I mean, he does get to do this at 160, so that is maybe a little bit of a concern. But you know, he doesn't have a lot of knockouts. Is what I'm trying to say. He's only got five knockouts in his career, and like one of them was like. Ben, you know, Ben Henderson when he was definitely on the juice, like, you know, very long time ago. So I feel like that, um, you know, muffles a lot of the, the, the concern with Moicano. And then if, if RDA is really looking to grapple a lot, I just feel the defensive wrestling of Moicano is actually pretty good. And even if he does get taken, like he's never really wrestled a, a, a grappler, a, a jujitsu, a fellow jujitsu guy like Moicano. And I just feel like on the feet, Moicano's longer. He's going to be troubling him. And on the ground, I think he can neutralize him. And I feel the the, the weaknesses of uh, Moicano aren't, you know, magnified against a, a lighter hitter like uh, RDA. So I like him at this plus, you know, plus number. Anything above plus 130, I think is very good. So I think I'm going to have to play him soon, though, because people, you know, people are steaming him down. You know, this 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 was uh, plus 155, 150. Um, so I think the sharp side is definitely Moicano. Um I don't think RDA is going to be able to get these takedowns. Uh, and I think Moicano, his cardio is fine, I feel like. I think you were talking about his cardio, but I think his cardio is fine. So I'm looking forward to this fight for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is an amazing matchup. I'm really looking forward to this one. I kind of do hope um, Moicano gets the win just because he's going to be around for longer. I think it would be better for his career trajectory. But, you know, I love both these guys, you know, both fan favorites. Um I do feel, you know, RDA is much more prepared for these five rounds, been training for this five-round fight for the entire time. You know, he's probably definitely hitting his peak right now in terms of his physicality uh, with, with his training camp, you know, not not in terms of his entire career. But, you know, Moicano did just fight a few weeks back, uh, three weeks back to be exact. You know, looked real sharp against Hernandez. Um, you know, had a good round one, but ended round one a little shaky. Somehow the judges, uh, two out of three judges, thought he lost that round. And, um, you know, some people were talking about Moicano gassing. The, the live line had Moicano at like plus 150 or something like that. And uh, he was able to just come out in round two like a bat out of hell, hurt Hernandez with some strikes, and got a nasty back take and, you know, choked him out really quickly. So, um kind of reminded me of like Roy Vall and Pantoja where people were just making too much of Pantoja slowing down and all of a sudden he comes out and just finishes them in round two. So, um, you know, really good performance from Moicano there, but, uh, you know, his past four wins have all uh, come or his past, you know, four of his past uh, 
seven fights, let's say, he uh, where he's gotten a takedown, he's won. Where he hasn't gotten a takedown, he's lost. Um, so he, you see that that his his winning is very correlated with that grappling, having that grappling advantage. And I just don't know that he's going to be able to rely on that against RDA because I think that he is probably the weaker wrestler. He's not going to be able to easily out grapple uh, RDA like he did Hernandez and Demir and Herbert and uh, Cub Swanson and whatnot. So. I think um, Moicano is not going to have that typical grappling advantage like he does, and he's going to have to make this one close in the feet. I also think another bad thing for Moicano here is he doesn't have that uh, that that calf kick of his uh, because it's a it's an opposite stance matchup. So he's going to be have to hit in that inside leg kick of uh, of RDA, which I don't think is going to be as effective. Um, and you know, I, I think this line is about right. I think that uh, you know. We, you know, that's all I have to say, really, is the line is about right. Maybe look to live bet this one. Um, you know, you do have RDA uh, off the 15-month layoff, but uh, I had some concerns about him going back to 155, and he squashed all them. He went hard five rounds. It was a pretty easy fight for him, but he wrestled heavy. He looked good over the five rounds. He made the weight, and now he's having an extra five pounds up to 160, which should alleviate some of that pressure as well. You know, it can't be easy for Moicano to be cutting weight, uh, you know, back-to-back weeks like this, too. He probably uh, got, you know, pretty heavy uh, after his last fight. But um, last thing I'll say is I did notice also Alexander Hernandez landed a, a few clean left body kicks from the southpaw stance on Moicano. And Moicano didn't really have an answer for them. So look out for that tool of RDA. As he didn't always. flinch so, either. Yeah, Moicano ITD. Moicano ITD. That's like three to one, three to one in a five round fight against this version of RDA. That's, that, that's a good line. So that, that's my pick for the fight. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think that, that Moicano is more likely to win inside the distance than winning three out of five rounds. I think if it hits the decision, it definitely favors RDA. You you probably agree with that, right? If it goes full five, it's probably going to be an RDA no, win. No, only positive vibes from Moicano. Interesting. And he's in denial about the, the GOAT RDA's chances. You know, RDA, top top 20 fighter ever, so don't, don't count this guy out. Um, but, you know, awesome matchup. Really looking forward to that fight. Interested to see who uh, who wins. Not confident in either side there. So maybe you guys should just trust Ozzy and uh, and go with Moicano. And that's going to take us to the main event. You know, a little bit of a grudge match here. Former teammates, former training partners. You got Colby Covington as the pretty massive favorite. Minus 315. Jorge Masvidal plus 265. Um, so... I'll start this one off. So, uh, you know, like I said, these guys used to train together. ATT used to be, you know, really good friends, roommates and whatnot. Um, I, I tweeted out earlier in the week, a video of them. There's a video of them like wrestling in their apartment for like an hour straight from like six or seven years ago. A really fun video that you guys should check out. Um, but you know, I'm a pretty big, you know, skeptic of Kobe Covington. I don't think the guy is as good as, as people make him out to be, you know, obviously he's got incredible pace, output, cardio, good wrestler, but I just feel this guy doesn't do a lot of damage when he gets the takedowns. He doesn't have great jujitsu. He doesn't keep you down. He doesn't land a lot of ground and pound on the feet. I think his strikes are, are on the weaker side. He doesn't really have much power behind him. Um, and I think Masvidal, 
the much uh, better striker, much harder hitter. Uh, you know, he's a good kicker. He's a really uh, good boxer, got power in both of his hands. And he's, you know, a, a pretty competent defensive grappler. I mean, he's hard to get down on the mat flat. He's hard to control. Um, you know, he will get initially taken down, but he's good at working his way back up to the feet. He's skilled in the clinch at, uh, you know, getting off that cage. And I just see as one of these guys being the much harder hitter, the much more damaging fighter. And I think that we're going to be heading to a decision in this one. I think that it's going to go the full five rounds. And I just see Masvidal doing more damage. The pick is this fight going the full five rounds. Um, you know, that's at minus 135, minus 136, some books. I, I think this one is going to see the full five rounds. I mean, at those current odds, that means this fight finishes uh, inside the distance almost 50% of the time. And I just don't see it being that high. I think it's more like, 30 or 40 percent or something so there's some pretty significant value on the the, the goes the distance here so um I'll, I'll pick the dog i'll go with the dog uh, to win straight up masvidal uh by 48 47 yeah um hey man i like colby in this fight and i'm hoping that colby if this gets under like 280 maybe I think I'll be interested in the Colby side and, and, and putting some kind of bet on him because, I mean, just Masvidal, to me, he just has not looked dangerous enough in that, like, those 170, like, those fights against uh, Usman. Like, this guy, I don't know. Like, his cardio is actually kind of not that great. Like, in that uh, Usman fight, like, yeah, you know, uh, some stuff happened, but this guy was breathing hard, and it was a six-minute, right? Like, that fight went on for six minutes, and he was kind of breathing hard uh, there. And, I mean, I just feel like if you look at this guy's body of work, Masvidal, these fights go past, like, short into that second round. He just kind of falls off, you know, quite considerably. You just look at all his fights, man, all of them. And, you know, it just happens, so... You know, and then like he'll and if he if it goes the full full uh distance, you know, he he'll like barely win. Like he's he's always involved in like these split decisions because he's a crafty dude. And you know, after he does lose some gas, right, some steam on his shots, he knows how to like, you know, stay competitive, but he ends up losing some of these fights. Uh and I think, you know, a guy like Colby is is just a bad matchup for him overall. You know, I, I, I do think it'll be there'll be some points that could be competitive. Obviously, Monsdol needs to have big moments on the feet. I think he needs to hit that body, right kick to the body. Um, you saw that uh that bothered Colby when he fought uh, Usman both times, but specifically the first time. Uh but but yeah, I, I just think that Colby's gonna grind this guy up um in Masvidal. He's, you know, Kobe's really good, and you know, he he just knows how to pick his spots, when to throw uh, big strikes, and then he's, you know, he, he you can't get this guy off of you. Like this guy just keeps moving to the next best position and making you counter him, and you know he won't let go. And then eventually you just kind of s- stop playing the game, and he takes you down. So I'll take Kobe here. I I, I think uh, I think more Mazdal money will come because just Mazdal has gotten to that point. Um, and hopefully this closes like more like, I, I think this is wider than both times, uh, Masvidal fought Usman. So I hope it gets to that Usman range where it's like 250, 260. I'll, I'll, I'll take a decent bet on Colby if it gets there. So I think he's easily 75% in this, in this fight. So if you get that under that, you know, I think, uh, 
you know, there, there there's still some margin even here, I think. So this is a depressed line. Here. The line right now is about All the right. same as uh, as it was against uh, Tyron Woodley not that long ago, too. So. I don't know, man. I just feel Col- Col- I think Kobe's wins. He just all of age, but man. but yeah, but he was obvious. It was obviously it was obvious that it should that, have been nine uh, is nine hundred. Yeah, Ty- yeah, the Tyrone uh, fight was bad. Um, but yeah, I don't. Know. I just I just don't really rate his his wins that highly, honestly. Uh, for Kobe, um, you know his, his his durability did get dropped yes. by Usman, did get finished by Usman. I I just feel you know he could get he could. Caught on the counter here and coming in. I think that uh, no outcome besides Colby by finish would really shock me. I think I'd say Colby by finish is definitely the most likely unlikely outcome. So if that happened, I'd be pretty shocked. But, you know, Colby uh, or Moss decision, Moss knockout wouldn't really surprise me. Um, but, uh, you know, just hoping for a competitive fight. Um, what about – so you think it's going to go the distance then if you think Colby's going to win, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would say those. Um, and what about minus one thirty five? You think there's there's value there or what? Um, that is minus one thirty five for it to go five or five. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think that's good. I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, if I say Colby's got, you know, there's value on Colby. I don't think Marcel is finishing this dude. So, I think you need to have like the club and sub. Um. I mean, Mazadol darcing him would be fucking hilarious, but I don't think it's gonna happen. So, yeah, just because I feel obviously Mazadol KO is like the most likely for it to end inside the distance, I would probably fade that. And yeah, so if I can't get good money on Kobe, I'll definitely take a position on GTB. All right, so let's uh let's do our best bet parlay. How are we doing? I think again, like the other week, the last podcast we did, mine lost and yours won. Is that what? I don't even remember what the what the last the last one that we did um no i think mine's lost as well i picked i picked uh that would be sweet if if i was right on both of them damn i don't remember which one what i did that that one oh i did the over in the johnny walker fight fucking really and then what did i what did i i did benitez so we both lost cool cool um so this week i'll pick the goes the distance in the main event the colby the Kobe Masvidal goes the wow. distance minus one thirty-five. Wow, nice one. Okay, so you do that one. You know, I, I'll take that. Uh, Turner, Turner, uh, Malarkey over one and a half. So minus one fifty-five huh. comes out so. to plus one eighty-six. The, the pretty similar odds to our our green and uh, Cannoneer bets, which which both won. So good vibes on that. I think th- I think these will be good unless Malarkey gets like fucking punted in his chest and he. Goes down from getting, you know, not being able to breathe. That. I think, I think that. I don't really play overs, but that over one and a half, maybe I'll jump in on that action. Uh, just to mush it. So, uh, all right, goes the distance on Moss and uh, Colby main event, and over one and a half in Turner Malarkey is our best bet parlay, and uh, that's gonna do it for the podcast. Uh, just over an hour in all these fights, solid thirteen fight pay per view, good prelims, really good main card. Uh, what's your level of excitement for this one? I like it. I'm. I mean, I'm definitely. You know, my main event is the first fight is Mikal. Um, he's the fucking best. There's a reason his name's Lord. Um, you see his topology picture. This guy's badass, man. This guy's a fuck. That's another thing you need to know is light heavyweight. Full of these European dudes. These guys don't fucking play, man. 
Um, so yeah, I, given that they're starting with my main event, I fucking love the card. I gave it a 10 out of fucking 10. Nice. Nice. I hope I, uh, and, last week, last week I had Hernandez. You had Altamirano in the, the, I got the best of the opening fight last week. So let's see, let's see who goes Altamirano in. won that fight. Low key, low key. He won low key. He won. I don't know. How are you going to give him, not give him that fight when he's landing those clean body, body kicks, but you got that guy Petrosian land into Greg's fucking arms and Greg's, you know, strangling him, stretching him out. You think you you think you want to put your kneecap on your fucking face? No. You're forced to do that. And Greg did that to Petrosian. He still lost. I hate. I hate. Yeah, it. bad judging like last it. week. We still got a bad sour taste like in our it. mouth uh from last week. So hopefully we can get back and get, get back. So fucking the... dumb. Why didn't he grapple more, bro? <laughs> like, bro, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is why these Guys over at freaking what's it called the Sanford? Not, I don't know, man. Not the they greatest intelligence. A, they need a consultant. Yeah, I know they do. They need, no, that's not what I'm. I'm not saying they're not intelligent. I just feel like they can make these very simple decisions that are they're indifferent to. Doesn't matter to them that they, they can win these fights. I mean, but Greg, bro, Greg won that fight. Greg, I'm so high on Greg. Me too. I, I like Robocop. Once he gets that shit right, he starts fucking grappling. He's gonna be a good cop. He's a good cop. Yeah, last week he was a backup, though. For sure, backup. let us down. All right, but enough about last week. On to the next week. I think we'll be back in the green this week. Some some interesting underdogs in this card. And, uh, yeah, hope you all enjoyed the card. Hope you all get some good information, win some bets off it. And uh, any closing thoughts, Ozzy? All right, no. thanks, for, thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you all enjoy the card, and we'll see you before the next UFC card next week. Peace out.